Hi everyone, it's Guillaume from Startup Basecamp. Welcome to the Tech for Climate podcast. During the show, you will have the opportunity to meet the best climate tech founders, investors, and experts from both Silicon Valley and around the globe. They will share with you their stories and personal journeys into this growing and exciting industry, giving you some insight into the ecosystems that help you to take part in the fight against climate change and benefit from the opportunities it can represent podcast is divided in two small interviews. During the first part, you will get to know our speakers, their perspectives on the climate crisis and how climate tech is changing the game. Second part of the discussion will be for members of our community who will learn the speaker's secret sauce on how to and share with you their unique expertise on topics such as fundraising, management, strategy and so on to help you to become a better leader in your field. So before we start, I would like to quickly share what we are doing at Startup Basecamp to support climate tech founders in accessing resources and gaining visibility with investors they seek. Our initiatives include a membership-based community platform offering access to a dedicated Slack group with a growing number of founders, experts and investors from around the world and a series of exclusive content such as interviews, weekly job listings, events, and our quarterly online pitch of night opportunity. But more than a place where you can learn, exchange, and grow, we are building a matchmaking service to facilitate connections between our members and top investors and experts in the field. And soon, alongside with other top investors, we will be launching a small fund to co-invest in the growth and acceleration of our members. Finally, all of this is possible because of your support and donations. We are a small self-funded team and we want you to be part of this collective movement against climate change. So please share one episode with a friend and subscribe to the channels. As an added bonus, we will plant a tree for each of our subscribers each time we reach 1,000 new fans or donors. Do not hesitate to connect with me via social media or email guillaume at Startup Basecamp. Thanks a lot for listening. I hope to get in touch with you soon. And now, let's go for the show. Everyone, to this episode, we are speaking with Christina O'Connor, partner at Congreen Ventures. Congreen Ventures, who last year closed their second fund of $175 million, are helping create the climate startups that will positively impact how we move, create, eat, and live. The focus areas are early stage startups working in mobility and urbanization, the energy transition, food and agriculture, and sustainable production and consumption. I was excited to have Christina on the show, a climate-obsessed individual who has spent 17 years dedicated to the nexus of climate tech and finance. Prior to joining Congreen Ventures, Christina was one of the early employees at the UNSPRI, a principle of, for responsible investments which is currently the largest global initiative for mainstreaming ESG issues into investment decision-making and ownership practices. Following this, Christina was head of ESG and sustainable development at Wellington Management, where she gained experience identifying feasible climate solutions. In this episode, Christina will share a view of the US climate tech ecosystem, the climate innovation pockets around the world, which are ahead of the US, and the funding gap for early stage founders. Then she will discuss the framework they create with founders of different metrics they can track related to their core KPIs. 
Together, we will go on to explore the climate tech sectors with promising impact cash returns and the area she believes has excited potential for investment, growth and impact. Following that, Christina will share a view on the climate crisis today, why sales channels and business models are important and how you can be involved with concurrent ventures today. In the second part of the show, Christina will give her secret sauce for founders looking to pitch to investors successfully and share why it is important to love what you do. Lastly, Christina will cover how she tackles challenges to maintain a healthy work-life balance and share a few inspiring hits for climate tech founders. Christina, welcome to the show. Hi, Christina. Welcome to the Tech for Climate podcast. I'm super happy to have you here with us today. Again, an incredible woman moving the needle towards a better and cleaner world. So super exciting. And I, and I believe it's going to be a, a great opportunity uh, today to hear your story and get up to speed on what you guys are looking at with uh, Congrate Venture. Since the first time we met uh, during one of our quarterly uh, pitch competition. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Guillaume. Good to be here. <laughs> So before we start, that's the, the usual suspect. Uh, could you please uh, give us a 30 second introduction about Congruent Venture? Sure. So Congruent is focused entirely on climate tech and environmental sustainability. So we invest at the earliest stage possible, so pre-seed and seed primarily. We also do Series A. And uh, it's across uh, all the various sectors under climate tech, which I can go into. Definitely we'll go uh, more into details uh, later on in the interview. So. Before that, as usual, we like to uh, put uh, the guest speaker in the center uh, of the interview. So let's start from the, the, the top. Can you tell us a bit more you, you know, about your personal story and background? What are you passionate about? What do you do besides working and supporting and investing in founders? I mean, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? As I like to ask, who is Christina? <laughs> So I've actually been obsessed with climate change since college. I actually wrote my papers on cap and trade and carbon accounting. Um, so I have actually dedicated my entire 17 year career to uh, climate change and the nexus between that and, and finance. So uh, prior to becoming an investor in climate tech, uh, I was head of sustainable investment NESG at Wellington in Boston for about six years. And prior to that, I uh, actually worked at a nonprofit startup called the United Nations Principles for Responsible Investment, uh, which started uh, the whole movement of ESG. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, my background. Um, and when I'm not working, I'm a full-time mom. So I have a, a toddler who's a year and a half years old, a pandemic baby. Uh, but my husband and I live just north of San Francisco, so we do all the typical Marin type of stuff, like hiking and skiing and sailing and all that. So, yeah, that's me. Fantastic. So a lot of outdoor adventures and, uh, and, and, and with your toddler now, because uh, if it's, it's like a year and a half. And I, I personally have one, uh, one as well. Uh, she was born on uh, January 2020. So I know what it means uh, to go through uh, all of that uh, together. So... Uh, Tell us a bit more about, you know, this work uh, and life experience that you just uh, mentioned in terms of your background, uh, prior, you know, uh, concrete ventures. I mean, what did you learn during that journey that gave you an edge to join the, the firm and, and even become a partner? So while I was at Wellington, we focused a lot on engaging with companies. So we met with about 300 companies a year, typically at the uh, senior management level. So CEOs. 
um, COOs, um, typically, um, you know, the folks that were actually making the decisions on whether or not they would make the companies more sustainable. So that was so much fun in my late 20s and early 30s to get to meet those folks. Um, and that gave us insights into uh, what's actually feasible. So a lot of these CEOs would, would tell our team that there weren't any low-cost uh, tech solutions to solve the problems they were asking them to solve. And for the most part, that was actually true. And so that's what uh, motivated me to, to leave Wellington and get my MBA at MIT um, before joining uh, the climate tech space. But I think it's really that those conversations with the, the largest companies in the world um, on sustainability that's been super helpful. Based on all of those uh, conversations, and I would say like this whole uh, journey that, that you had, did you, did you have like any like specific haha moments that you can recall or would you find as such that in a way was the driver for you to jump into this uh, more climate tech ecosystem or probably was a little bit clean tech before, before that? Uh, any, any specific uh, moment that you can recall? Yeah, so... Um... Well, I can't name any company names, but there are, you know, certain oil and gas um, companies where we meet with their entire boards. Um, and there were some aha moments where uh, they would literally list certain technology that they needed um, that did not exist at all. And at the same time, I was going to school at MIT and um, I was sitting in on a classes in robotics and we started a class on AI at Sloan. Um, and the sort of aha moment was that these two worlds, climate tech and deep tech, or whatever you want to call it, tough tech, um, should really come together. And that's actually how you can make the low cost solutions to solve a lot of these challenges. Okay, so that, that was like the, the time where you felt really like, okay, this is where I want to put my time and, uh, and effort into that, uh, that, uh, that cause. So let's zoom out uh, and, and take a step back at the um, U.S. climate tech ecosystem. I mean, you are completely navigating into it uh, right now since a couple of years or, or even more. Can you give us your overview uh, of the landscape today in terms of like fundings, uh, tech and ongoing research? maybe a structure to support uh, the growth of new solution. I mean, where are we at today? Is it still the genesis or you see that uh, it's getting a bit more maybe mature? Yeah, so so I wasn't around or I wasn't an investor for the clean tech 1.0 that everyone talks about. Um, so, uh, you know, my our managing partners, uh, Josh and Abe can talk a lot about um, clean tech 1.0 and all the challenges that came with that. Um, so people kind of refer to this as clean tech 2.0, but it, it's obviously much broader than that. So climate tech involves, you know, not just renewable energy, but really anything um, from making manufacturing processes more efficient um, to sustainable food and ag. Um, so, so from my perspective, I joined uh, the whole climate tech venture capital space about four years ago. And at that time, there weren't that many funds. Uh, I remember having like a list of like, 12 uh, VCs that I was going around and speaking to. So now that list is a lot longer. Um, you have an enormous amount of capital that's come in, particularly in the past year, uh, which I'm sure you know. You're, you're probably interviewing most of them. Um, so I think that's super helpful. Uh, what we try to do is really stay uh, focused on the pre seed seed stage. So we still see a bit of a gap in, fun in funding at the earliest stages. Um, there's a ton of climate tech funds that are going at Series A and beyond. So that early stage is really important for us. But in the broader ecosystem, um, 
there's so many other ways of, of getting capital. So you have all of the the grants um, coming out of um, DOE and, and other um, groups and accelerators. I feel like uh, every every month I hear about a new accelerator focused on some vertical of climate tech. Uh, for example, I mentor this one group uh, on autonomous vehicles, um, which we actually do a lot of that type of work um, as well. So, so yeah, I feel like the whole space is just developing and uh, both on the equity and the debt side. Yeah, and I saw like, uh, I think for 2021, we're more like 40 billion uh, plus in VC investments only in climate tech. So I think it's a, a very a big jump compared to uh, to the previous uh, previous year. But at, at the US in, in general, I mean, do you think that uh, the US is still at the forefront compared to the, the EU or the rest of the world? And what do you think? I mean, uh, what's the US advantage and maybe weaknesses to, to decarbonize the economy? So that's a great question. I do still think the U.S. is the forefront, but I do see um, various pockets around the world developing um, their expertise over the U.S. We just happen to have noticed there is a number of um, climate and crypto types of companies coming out of Switzerland, for example. Um, so like the core ones uh, are actually based in Europe as, as far as we've seen. Um, I do think it'll develop more here um, in that space, but you know, I think a lot of like the robotics and AI, um, those developments are uh, there's there's pockets all around the world. So um, we actually only invest in the U.S. or in Canada, so North America mm -hmm. uh, startups. So I don't actually speak to as many European um, or other uh, uh, startup space other ways. Yeah, yeah. but do do you think that the decarbonization of the U.S. economy in itself. And we all know that uh, with China, U.S. is uh, one of the top in terms of like carbon emitters in itself and the whole economy uh, in a way needs to be decarbonized. Do you feel that the general uh, market in itself start to get more and more ready for this uh, decarbonization acceleration or there's still a lot of like dead weight that uh, in a way it's more like uh, something that happened in the, on the east or the, the west coast and maybe you know, Miami and, uh, and Texas and the, 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 the center uh, is not uh, up, to, up to the challenge for now. Well, it's tricky. If you compare a lot of places in the US to uh, major cities in Europe, it feels a little bit behind um, in terms of EV charging, for example. Uh, and lots of smart city um, technology, um, but I, you know, so so I think it's just a matter of time that um, like the funding coming down from the federal government is going to be super helpful. Um, so I think we'll catch up. So with the goal in in mind to keep you know to 1.5 uh, degrees overall temperature increase by by 2050, which is according to you like the the, the proportion between uh, tech. Uh, enabled solution versus uh, nature-based solution uh, that needs to be implemented. I mean, we often hear also that, uh, you know, and, and I'm part of this world of like technology can help uh, a lot. Uh, but according to you, do you, uh, do you believe that uh, both can work together or we really need one, we need more one than, uh, than the other? So I think it's definitely both. Um, there's definitely a lot of low-hanging fruit that we can work on. Um, 
Phil Griffith mentions the, the 1 billion uh, devices in our homes that need to be electrified. Um, so he, he tells folks to focus on uh, megaton as opposed to gigaton carbon projects. Um, but I think we need everything, you know, like uh, the Drawdown book is amazing, talks about existing solutions in addition to new solutions that are needed. Um, we are looking at nature-based solutions as well. Uh, for example, one of our companies called Clam Robotics is an infield biochar company that is creating uh, carbon offsets through biochar. Um, so yeah, all of the above. Thank you so much for uh, giving you uh, a bit more like the uh, overview of the general context that you are navigating on uh, in the US today. So let's go back to the, the, the specifics of uh, Congreen Ventures. Uh, can you let us know more about like the story, the genesis, genesis behind it? I mean, who founded the, the firm and maybe what was the initial gap they, they saw that uh, led to the thesis behind uh, Congruence? Sure. So... The firm was created in 2017 by uh, Josh Posementier and Abio Kelp. So Josh actually left uh, Prelude Ventures where he was an investor and realized that there was a gap in the pre-seed seed stage. So the understanding was that he would leave to, to do the earlier, even earlier stages um, than Prelude for the most part. And Abe actually worked at Rockport Capital uh, for a very long time. Um, and so he saw that whole like clean tech 1.0. He's been involved in the space for, for decades. And so they came together to form the fund. And the idea was that they would stay focused on the very earliest stages and try to attract capital from mainstream VCs for the Series A and B beyond. Um, and so that's kind of stayed true to what we're doing. Fantastic. And uh... What do you offer to, to founders you invest in, I mean, compared to other funds? Uh, and, and maybe what are the, the challenges uh, that you see that are specific to them at the early, early stage, uh, you know, pre-seed seed, as you, uh, as you do know? Sure. So we have invested in about 43 companies uh, across our two funds by now. Um, and we actually typically lead the rounds, but we don't have to, we can also follow on. And so we sit on a fair number of, uh, boards and really try to help these companies, uh, everything from like network to strategy to, uh, fundraising, uh, next rounds. Uh, so we're really actively involved in our companies. And if I may ask, uh, you know, you mentioned 43 investments. Uh, I guess now there are uh, a lot of them or probably a big part of it, uh, Series A and Plus. So they kind of like leave the nest uh, and you guys let them uh, let them uh, keep growing. So how many how many like uh, companies are you able to, to follow like that? Because it uh, uh, must be sometimes uh, very intensive if there's a crisis and, uh, and issues and stuff that you need to, to solve. It is. Yeah, we actually just hired a... Uh, a couple more folks to help us out. Um, <laughs> it does. It's definitely time consuming. Um, you know, when you're on a board, you you're texting with the founders every week all the time. And, and um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think that's actually the most fun part is to, to try to help these founders um, create the businesses. So. So can you give us maybe some some example uh, of your previous investment that you personally were uh, were involved? I mean, Maybe we can mention really one or two. Uh, what makes them special? Was it the, like the team, the market, the tech? I mean, how, and how do you source or find those uh, those founders and those team? Who should come to to pitch you? Yeah, sure. So uh, one of our companies is called Alloy Enterprises, and they are an additive manufacturing company that 
creates aluminum cast parts. So instead of the traditional um, powder-based way of creating aluminum, um, parts is actually, they use a, uh, a thermal bonding process. And this is obviously for lightweighting vehicles. Um, so it replaces steel, which is a, a huge um, reduction in greenhouse gas emissions, as, as you know. Uh, that one, we actually found it through um, one of my friends who's a PhD, uh, was a PhD at MIT in um, in, micro, in micrometallurgy. He mentioned it to me, um, and then it was also uh, on a list at Greentown Labs. Um, huge fans of Greentown Labs. Um, so that one is super interesting uh, in the sable production space for us. And then another one is called Dispatch Goods, which is a circular marketplace for reusable packaging. So food containers for food delivery, uh, direct-to-consumer uh, food brands. You can actually like, reuse all the packaging. Uh, so I sit on the board of, of that one. Um, I could go on and on. We, we love all of our companies, but... <laughs> no, for sure, but uh, maybe, you know, like uh, for, for this last one, like what was exciting? Like what, what, what was like the, I would say this special things that made like, okay, now we want to invest in uh, and, and, and really support that, uh, that company financially, but also, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, with all the, the help of, that you can provide by sitting on the board. What was this special uh, golden nugget that makes like, okay, this is a, a special one? Yeah, so, so we typically invest at the stage where it's two people and an idea. Um, and it's really about the founders. I, mean, I know everybody says that, but really. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. So we like to spend a lot of time getting to understand how the founders think. Um, and so we'll have them go through their pitch deck uh, and we'll ask questions. But then the second call is usually on unit economics, techno-economic analyses, um, you know, sales channel, et cetera, because we want to know how they think about all the challenges that are going to come up and to really understand um, how they will actually execute. So that's, that's, you know, a huge portion of the decision. So it's really like this, in a way, I would say like the, the level of maturity of the, of the founders as well, I guess. Exactly. So let's, let's step back a little bit and, and I'd like to get like, you know, uh, your opinion on like which sector are the, the, the most promising for you today in terms of what I call the impact cash return or ICR. Uh, this means like building impactful companies while uh, creating highly profitable business. Do you see any underdogs, subsectors, area that you're super excited about? Uh, maybe we can check through the categories that you guys are doing with, uh, with Congrient, which is like uh, mobility urbanization or energy transportation, food and ag, or production and, uh, and consumption. Any, any gold nuggets that, uh, that uh, investors, other investors should look at? Yeah, sure. So um, we do do a lot of the nexus between um, AI and robotics and climate tech. So I think one that a lot of folks uh, know us by is AMP Robotics, which is uh, an AI-guided robotic system for um, sorting through trash. Um, that one's really interesting. Uh, in the energy transition, um, we have invested in uh, a lot of companies there, actually. So SPAN is a smart residential electrical panel. Um, Ampli is EV charging uh, for fleets. Um, we've done long duration energy storage, Fervo. Uh, food and Ag, we've invested in Meaty, which is a healthy alternative um, meat made from mycelium. 
Uh, we've done a number, a couple of deals in the wildfire space. So mm -hmm. um, one is actually an AI platform uh, using 360 cameras that can um, help utilities and other folks detect wildfires at rapid speed, uh, almost real time. Um, so they don't actually become mega fires. Uh, we've also invested in a, a company that is uh, exploring a robotic system for thinning the forest so that the fires don't become mega fires. Um, and then, uh, yeah, robotic systems for indoor greenhouses um, in the mobility and urbanization. We invested in a company called Parallel Systems, which is electrifying. But out of all of that, and I know that speaking with different uh, different investors and funds, like everybody is always looking on what's next or what is the the subsectors or area that is uh, you know that they're like doing kind of like what they call a deep dive uh, into it to kind of understand uh, where uh, we could have an impact, but sometimes uh, that is in a way uh, less popular than director captures or others that uh, that can be more buzzy. Uh, what is the uh, area right now where you're very excited about that is not very popular maybe yeah so it feels as if there are a few other well most climate tech funds are looking at crypto and climate um so we're spending a lot of time there um off-road autonomous vehicles in agriculture manufacturing processes uh yeah and then carbon offset markets um spending a lot of time looking at uh, off-take platforms, um, and then uh, all different types of carbon markets and, and specific like nature-based solutions or other solutions. So you mentioned that you guys invested in 43 uh, investments. So I guess you probably heard like a thousand, two thousand, three thousand uh, founders pitching you. Uh, and maybe it's more. I don't know what's the the ratio in terms of uh, of number of pitches to listen to uh, to 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 decide to invest in one company. But out of all of the ones that that you that you heard, in your opinion, which are the maybe a solution that you believe makes zero sense uh, whatsoever and sounds to be just a waste of maybe time and resource or maybe greenwashing? Uh, do you have any example without naming any company? Maybe. Uh, I. It would be hard for me to give an example without maybe some folks knowing which startup it is. Okay. Um, so I'll respectfully pass on the on that question. Thank you. Okay, no problem. But uh, you know, sometimes it's always interesting to to hear like what is the, the something that uh, sh should not be like uh, you know a VC backed company. But anyway, thank you for being uh, very respectful of uh, each founder that's passed by uh, in front of you. So. How do you measure impact, uh, you know, like uh, in comparison to other funds? Uh, I don't recall that you guys are mentioning any specific criteria in terms of um, CO2 emission. You know, some funds are like, yeah, we just invest in companies that have the, the capabilities to remove maybe 100 megaton or gigaton uh, and so forth. Uh, what is the, the what are the the criteria for you guys uh, in terms of like impact uh, do you have a specific process or maybe a framework do you rely mm -hmm. on scientists uh, experts uh, what is the uh, how does it work so you're correct we don't have a certain uh, co2 threshold uh, before we invest so as long as the companies hit the certain sectors and areas that we're looking for and we know that they will um, decarbonize those industries 
then it's fair game for us. And in terms of the framework, once we invest, um, we do actually have uh, a framework. So we created our first impact report last year and our next one is coming out in a couple of weeks. It will be publicly available on our website. Um, and so we work with our startups to create a, a framework of the different metrics that they um, can track related to their core KPIs. And so our goal is to, to one, one day be able to um, portray that across every single startup. But a lot of our startups are fairly young. Um, you know, some are pre-revenue, so it obviously doesn't quite make sense quite yet. Um, but then in terms of projecting the total amount of greenhouse gas emissions, that is an interesting project called Project Frame, which I'm sure you've heard of, um, that Prime Coalition is, is working on with a number of other VCs. And uh, that I think is going to be very valuable to try to, to project the, the total greenhouse gas emissions that these startups could avoid yeah. uh, at scale. Last uh, question, and maybe if you're not okay to answer to that, you, you let me know. But... Uh... I mean, what's your opinion regarding the, the, the Ukrainian uh, political situation right now and this terrible news and, 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 and related to, uh, again, this, uh, this climate change uh, issues that is f way, way the magnitude of, of, of problem in the future will be even uh, further. I mean, we just came out of a, a COVID situation. Uh, we are now uh, facing uh, for part of that uh, part of Europe, like this terrible uh, situation. I mean, what's your opinion on that? Like, should we stop everything? Should we, are we going crazy? Are we going to lose so, so much time and, and, and effort on that? Uh, what's, your, what's your opinion? Uh, so I don't, don't think that we have to stop the work on climate change um, when various uh, wars and conflicts arise. I, you know, I think that it's um, the, the efforts on the Ukraine war is extremely important. Uh, my sister is involved in um in refugee crises um so i think that you know it's it's extremely important to, to work on that um but climate change is something that can actually fuel a lot of conflicts as well um around the world and so if we don't address it you know this to me it's it's not just a long-term issue it's also an existing short-term issue mm -hmm. well thank you for uh, giving your uh, your opinion on that so how can the, the community of uh, founders, investors, LPs uh, listening to the, to the show can help you today? Uh, well, I'd be happy to chat with them. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we're always looking to meet new people, um, even if you're not a founder, if you run an accelerator or nonprofit, um, you know, we're, we're learners at heart. Uh, so always happy to meet other folks. Fantastic. Any question that uh, I should have asked and I did not for this uh, first part of the interview? No, no, you covered a lot. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Christina, for uh, your time and your uh, incredible insights on the, on the industry. I'm so excited uh, to see so many brilliant uh, women and people like you putting so much effort to move the, the ball towards a, a better and cleaner world. So thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hi, it's Guillaume again. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. As I said, do not hesitate to share an episode with a friend. Also, if you value the work we do for the climate tech ecosystem, here is how you can contribute to it. Today, I'm asking for your support and a donation or sponsorship to make the work of our self-funded team more viable. Even a small contribution means a lot to us. In any case, I will invite you to subscribe to our channels and visit our website startupbasecamp.org 
to discover more episodes like this one and get your membership to access all our members' exclusive content. So remember, all of this is possible because of your support and donation. And we want you to be part of this collective movement against climate change. Let's keep in touch and I hope you will enjoy our next show with us.